Let's have a word of prayer. Father, speak through me, bless through me, transform through me, and let your word have impact this morning on the life of someone in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. So we've been doing the rapture series, and hopefully I'll be ending it today. Today I'm talking on the subject between heaven and hell. The choice is yours. Between heaven and hell, the choice is yours. I will focus more on hell because what God wants you to know that he is and is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him, Satan doesn't want you to know that he is. Whilst God wants you to know that he is in heaven and is waiting to receive you, Satan doesn't know, want you to know that there is hell. So my focus this morning will be on hell and how to get there. In other words, if you know how to get there, you avoid it so that you don't get there. So our introductory scripture is in Mark chapter 9, the verse 45 to 48. And uh, we are reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Now, please take this, listen to this very carefully, or read it very carefully. Look, look at this. If your foot causes you to sin, and I've highlighted sin, cut it off. Cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life. Where is eternal life? Eternal life is in heaven. That is the only place where you can have eternal life. It is better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. When my son Nana was very little, I was reading the Bible and he came to lie beside me and I think I had gotten somewhere here and he, he was reading and he said, Daddy, Daddy, so when we go to heaven, why only one leg? Just one leg. I said, no, no, no. If it's, it's, it's a sin, you cut it off. Discussing. But Jesus was making an extreme point here. That when it comes to heaven, you need to cut some things off. If you want to go to heaven, you need to cut some things off. Now, look at verse 47. And if your eye causes you to sin, gorge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God, heaven. With only one eye than to have both eyes and be thrown into hell. Where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. Look at somebody and say, cut, 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 cut. You see, Jesus in most of his sermons spoke about heaven and hell and how to avoid hell and how to make heaven in this particular sermon he gives us an indication that the only thing that will take you to hell is sin 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 so he says if your foot causes you to sin, 
cut it off. He goes to the stream to tell you that even if that thing that is causing you to sin will cause you pain to let it go, go through that pain and let that thing get out of your life than to go to hell where the fire never goes down. So sin has a causer. And all of us, there are different things that cause us to sin. And Jesus is saying that whatever causes you to sin, treat that thing like you cutting off your leg. It doesn't matter the inconveniences that thing will cause you. When you cut it off, cut it off. It doesn't matter the pain it will cause you, cut it off. Maybe what makes you sin is this, is this sugar daddy, somebody's husband that is paying your rent, financing your lifestyle, taking care of your mother and father, letting it go will cause pain. But it will not be more painful than gorging your eyes out. <laughs> Are you here? Sometimes the sin, the thing that causes you to sin may be sexual immorality. Your libido is so high, Anything in skirts, you follow. Anything in jeans, you follow. Jesus is not saying, oh, um, try and manage. Small, small is your weakness. Manage it. He says, cut it off. Cut it off. Maybe what causes you to sin is alcohol. Cut it off. Nicotine, cigarette, we cut it off. Cut it off. It's not going to be easy, but cut it off. Because it's not going to get easier in hell. So cut it off now. So what takes you to hell is sin. And it is true. Look at our supporting scriptures. Romans 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. So what is this death that the Bible is talking about? The wages of sin is death. So, so you see, when you work, you are paid a wage. You are paid a salary. Now the Bible says the salary for sin, the salary for sin is death. In other words, sin is work. Now who will work to be paid with death? If me, your bishop, I call you that come and work for me every month, I'll give you death. <laughs> At the end of the month, I kill you. Will you do such a work? You will think I'm crazy. So it sounds crazy for me 
that you are crazy enough to sin and get the wages as death. When some, somebody will say, oh daddy, me, I've been sinning for a long time. Gossip. First class, PhD in gossip. <laughs> Professorship in lies. Professor Emeritus in quarreling. But why am I not dead? Well, here Jesus was not talking about physical death. There is another one called the second death. So on earth, you have one life. But you can choose to die two times. The first death is the physical death. That you go into the grave. Now somebody will say, oh a righteous man just died. Somebody who had been going to church and had been serving God all his life just died. And this drunkard is still alive. Listen, the worst form of death is not the physical one that we die. And that is not what God is intending to give us. The worst form of death is the second death. Well, I think I should teach you something called when Jesus talks about life. And you know, Jesus' focus about life is not life here on earth, it's life after, after the earth. So, when you die and you leave the earth, there is another death. It's called the second death. And that is you going to hell. Now, Revelations 20 verse 14 from the NIV. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Now last week I showed you that there will be places when you die you will go. And on the judgment day, hell and death will be cast into the lake of fire. That's the second death. When you go to hell, it's the second death. So when they say the wages of sin is death. Of course, man will not have died physically. If, if Adam and Eve had not sinned. So we can extend the argument and we say that the physical death is also as a result of sin. But see, there is a second death which is more serious when you are cast into the lake of fire where the fire never goes out. Where you will suffer Sin will lead to that second death. So the wages of sin is hell. The wages of sin is hell. Now there's something I call the sin process. How do we sin? Now apart from the fact that Adam sinned and sin entered into the world and because we, are, we came out of Adam, you, we were born sinners. Don't forget God sent Jesus to die for us once you accept him, he deals with that seed of sin. Was a Christian, born again Christian, properly born again Christian, not Christian by name or Christian by church attendance, but Christian in practice. 
having accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Now, let me tell you something. There's what we call good works and what we call holiness. Good works, you, know, you, you meet people who say that, me, I don't go to church, but I'm better than people who go to church. Thank God for your life, but that is good, good works. It is like filthy rags before God. Your father and mother raised you well, it doesn't make you a Christian. Raised you in a church, it doesn't make you a Christian. You were taught the rudiments of well be good manners. It doesn't make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Ask him to come into your heart, be your Lord and your Savior. And after that, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Everybody will see that you are a new man, a new woman. And you yourself will testify that you have changed. But after that, when you have become born again, you will still be tempted. You will still be tempted. So Jesus said, pray that you will not fall into temptation. So one of the key um, um, keys to overcoming temptation is prayer. But let me show you how you are tempted. The purpose of temptation is to cause you to sin. And you'll be tempted in different ways. Satan will bring different people to tempt you. Then you will sin. I'm focusing on sin this morning because it is that which will lead you to hell. So if you want to go to hell, keep on sinning. If you want to go to hell, keep sinning. After I have preached and prayed, go and sit somewhere and make mockery of my sermon. And tell people that, oh, daddy said we should stop drinking. We will not go free, stop drinking. Keep on drinking. Keep on womanizing. Keep on sinning. Keep on beating your wife. Keep on fighting. Keep on insulting people. Keep on quarreling around. Keep on being anything other than Jesus. Hmm. Look at this. James chapter 1. 13 to 15. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God will not tempt you by evil. When a woman comes decade before you, it's not God tempting you. When a man entices you with money, it's not God so that he can sleep with you. It's not God tempting you. It is Satan planting someone in your life. And let me tell you this and understand this clearly. The man sleeping with you is satanic planting. The woman you are sleeping with is satanic planting. Because God has not tempted you with evil. That friend encouraging you to sin is satanic planting. Because God does not, will not tempt you with evil. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. What is dragging you away from prayer? What is dragging you away from the presence of God? What is dragging you away from church? There is a desire that is taking you away. There is a certain desire that is taking you away. An evil desire is any desire that takes you away from God. Oh, if Facebook is replacing your prayer life, it has become an evil desire. 
if your phone is <laughs> taking you away from the presence of God, so that what I'm even still preaching, are you here with me? That become an evil desire. If the woman you love does not love Jesus, does not bring when you say let's go to church, doesn't come to church, if he's, she will soon become an evil desire. Watch it. If the man you love hates your pastor, hates your church, hates everything you do, become an evil desire. If the work you do takes you away from church, can become an evil desire. If the pursuit of money is taking you away from the Lord, it can become an evil desire. Now here. Then after desire has conceived, so that desire becomes like a pregnancy. Now it begins to control you. It begins to take your blood. It begins to have impact on you. It begins to become part of you. You know when you are carrying a baby in the womb, the baby becomes part of you. You move with the baby. If we turn right, the baby is facing right. If we turn left, the baby is facing left. When sin becomes your bosom friend, when it is conceived, do you know what you call it? You call it mistake. You don't confess it again when you sin. You don't feel guilty again when you do it. You call it mistake. Now you blame people. You blame people for doing it. My husband is not giving me attention. That's why I cheated. My wife is not allowing me to sleep with her. That's why I cheated. Now you leave the sin and you blame others. You have conceived the sin. <laughs> no, when you are pregnant, pregnancy can change you a lot. Pregnancy can change you a lot. Pregnancy can let you can let you stop eating your favorite food. Can make your nose grow big. And your lipstick can easily make you angry. So, see, see, when I see a man disrespect a woman, it baffles me. What women can carry, what women can survive, what women can go through, men cannot. We can't do it. Even if a man just even insults a woman, you are a foolish woman, that man is crazy. Oh, I'm telling you, it's crazy. I'm telling you. I'm just talking about pregnancy and um, I'm thinking, I remember when mommy was pregnant with Nana, it was the most difficult pregnancy mommy ever had. Most difficult pregnancy. She changed. Became slim. I, I, I think if I had met her in town, I would have gone past her. I wouldn't have noticed her that she that is the woman I impregnated. You see, the same effect that pregnancy has on you and changes you, changes your color, changes your desire, changes what is what smells good and what smells bad. Oh, there was a woman who was pregnant. Do you know why she wanted to smell? She wanted to smell toilet. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the husband would drive her to public toilet area. And she go and sit down there and say, this is nice. This smells nice. And rather, her perfume, she didn't want to smell the perfume. that was smelling bad. The perfume was smelling bad. When you, you <laughs> no, for those of you boys, when you marry, you understand what I'm talking about. 
I remember one of mommy's pregnancies. We were just sitting down. She said, do you know how I feel? I said, what do you feel? She said, I feel like drinking beer. I said, tell, tell that baby we are born again. <laughs> In my house. Hey. I don't feel like preaching again, cry. <laughs> hey, hey. So you see, you see, you see, so so the pregnancy wanted her to drink beer. That's how it takes. Sin now takes control over you when you conceive. And now it takes to you what to do, where to go, what to are you here with me? Are you here with me? 50. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. It gives birth to sin. And when it is when and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And that is the second death. Hell. That's when now you when it is fully grown, now you practice it, you live it. You love it. When they talk about it, even if your pastor is there, you can do it in the open. You, be, you get seared conscience. It is a serious thing when you allow sin. Immediately you see a desire that will take you away from God. Fight it. Kill it. Nip it in the bag. Immediately. Don't let it go anywhere. Don't let it go anywhere. She knows you are married and yet She's trying to have you. He knows you are married. He's trying to pursue you. Kill it immediately. Do you know it is disrespectful for a woman to show interest in you when you are married and you entertain it? It is disrespectful to your wife. And you entertain it. it is, you, you should feel insulted that another woman thinks that he can take the place of your wife. You should feel insulted. What do you see about my wife that you think she's less than you? That you can have me. For a woman to have the courage to fall in love with a married man, the woman is saying that I am better than your wife. Because no monkey will try to entice the husband of a nice dog. Are you here? Unless that monkey thinks that he's better than... It's the same way if you're a woman and a man is flirting with you, he's giving you suggestive things. If the man even becomes so courageous to come to you and say, I love you when you are married, it's an insult to your husband. The man is saying that you are married to an idiot. You are married to someone who is, is below me. So choose me over that person. You must immediately shut it down. You know the problem with women who feel inadequate in themselves? The problem is that when a man tells them, you are beautiful or I love you, and all their defenses shuts down. Wow, Bodam. Obire. Now, Obi. 
Slap that man. Then when you finish, you say, Jesus, this wasn't a temptation. This was a test. And I passed it. So sin moves gradually. But let me quickly move on. So sin will take you to hell. And that's the footsteps to hell. Desire. Desire, can I see? So these are the footsteps to hell. Evil desire, conception of that desire, accepting the desire, entertaining that desire, keeping that desire, not dealing with it immediately, and then fully grown, now practicing the desire. That evil desire will take you to death. That is the second death, hell. You will go to hell. But who is hell for? Was hell prepared for human beings? No, no. Matthew 25, verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, hell, prepared for the devil and his angels. Prepared for the devil and his angels. So if hell is prepared for the devil and his angels, why are we talking about it? Why are we talking about it? Because Satan is on recruitment drive. There's vacancy in hell. And Satan is recruiting. Oh, there's vacancy in hell. And Satan is recruiting. And any one of you here can be recruited. Some of us here already been recruited. And we are walking to hell. And we don't even notice it. We don't even see it. Now, let me show you. Every every recruiter has agents let me show you satan's recruitment agents number one those who entice you to sin those who entice you to sin mommy had a boss who got born again and when his friend in kumasi heard that the boss was born again he drove from kumasi with two girls and Chilled Guinness in a ice chest and came, took the Guinness and put it on the boxes, mommy's boss's desk. See, look at how this Guinness is sweating for you, it's crying for you, it's crying for you. Come, come, come and see, follow me. See, these, these two, two girls, one for me, one for you. I told them I'm bringing them to one of the nicest guys in Accra. Don't disappoint me, don't disappoint me. The guy said, I'm born again. My wife went to some church. She invited me. He said, no, the woman wants to control you. That's why she's taking you to church. They will control you. After a man, you must have life. You must have fun. She wants to have you alone for herself. You see, people can entice you to sin. They are Satan's agents. They are recruiting for hell. Hell has a lot of vacancy. And they are recruiting for hell. They are agents. It can be your friend. When we talk about satanic agents, we only think that they are only demons who are satanic agents. They are human beings that Satan can use to entice you to sin. That girl who has been visiting you without brazier is enticing you to sin. Oh, those girls who come to church without uh, um, bra and without um, dross. Do you know dross? <laughs> They are all come to entice us. They are even men. They are even men. They are so stupid. Men, some men can be so stupid that they will be dressing for church thinking about women. 
See, the girls, when they see this thing, they can't stand this cry. Me, the girls, they love me. Oh. The girls, they love me. Oh. The girl, any man who goes, girls, they love me. Oh. Girls, they love me. Oh. You are crazy. You are stupid. You have a gene. You, 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 your hormones are more towards women than men. No, there are some men who tell their wives, you are even lucky you have me, you are, I'm married to you. Do you know how many women are looking for me? To hell with that. Give us a list of those women. Let's do comparative analysis. Okay? Can I preach? Those who encourage you to sin. So there are those who entice you to sin, and there are those who encourage you to sin. Oh, eh. And you left her. The sister insulted you, and you left her. Go back, insult herself. You see, there are people eh? they are master sinners. When you don't sin with them, they feel isolated. They want you to sin. Now let me tell you, it's like, it's like joining a gang. There are gangs um, around the world. Before you join them, you have to kill a human being. Because once you commit that crime and they are aware you committed it, you can't leave them. It is your baptism. So it's, we are an association of killers. So that you hear on the street of London, somebody has just gone to stab somebody and run away. And you are wondering what the person do. And they'll go and check the person who was stabbed. The person's background. He's a clean person. Doesn't belong to any bad association. So why was the person stabbed? The person was stabbed because somebody wants to join the gang. And they say, go and kill. There are some sinners that wants to encourage you to sin. Because your life of cleanliness and holiness makes them feel guilty. Once you commit one sin, you join their group. Those who suffer from disappointed expectations. There are so many reasons people, people come to church. Some are in church for miracles. Some are in church for wives. Some are in church for husbands. Some are in church for, for loans. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Some are in church for... I'm telling you, there are different reasons why people come to church. But if you come to church other than Jesus, you'll be disappointed. So there are so many people who are suffering from disappointed expectations. And they are in church. And they are saying, we have, we've been around for a long time. We haven't seen anything. We have prayed, sir. We haven't seen anything. We have done this, sir. You haven't seen it. You walk there. You walk and be there. Me, that's what they told me. They told me that I shouldn't fornicate. I didn't do anything. That was why my boyfriend left me. And now I don't, I don't have a husband. Now I don't have a husband. Please, oh, please, me, I beg you, sleep with him if he wants to sleep. Sleep. Because <laughs> they are suffering from disappointed expectations. Three days fast, three days fast. You know how many times you have done 40 days fast. Now look at my life. Nothing has happened. Because your 40 days fast was motivated with a wrong motive. That's why you didn't see results. I've said, God, sir, I haven't seen anything. Please. You are saving your interest. Because you think God is a businessman. So you have a transaction with God. Father, Father, if I, I sweep this chapel for two years, you must make me a millionaire. God is not going to listen to that. God is not going to listen to that stupid argument. You think God, God, God is a, a businessman? He's granting you life, eternal life. God's major interest in you is eternal life. 
Eternal life. Not cars, not houses. Not making you a millionaire. Work out your own salvation and also even your salvation, they're asking you to work it out. How much more your job? You, you, you think I'll do this thing? Okay, I'll sing in the choir for some time and God will bless me. I'll do something and God will bless me. I'll do something and God will bless me. Ah, I heard Bishop saying that he has served God. He has worked for God and God is working for him. So let me also go and work for God so that God can work for me. But when I was working for God, I didn't know he was going to work for me. I did it with a wholehearted devotion. And boom, God said, I'm not working for you because you are worked for me. So please, don't follow all these people who are suffering from disappointed expectations. Some people are greedy. They are not needy. They are greedy. And they want God to feed their greed. And God said, I will meet your need. Don't feed your greed. So they are disappointed. You haven't worked before. You haven't had a consistent source of income before. Yet, you want to build a house in your village, build some in Accra, and have Range Rover. What is the source of your income? Where do you work? He says, I will bless the work of your hands. If there is no work in your hands, he cannot bless it. All these pastors who are feeding your greed. You suffer from disappointed expectations. It is only when you are work that God can bless the works of your hands. And if you work well, you work with diligence, and you pay your tithe, and you follow the biblical principle for financial blessings, you can sell ice water and build a house and buy a Range Rover. You are aware that for one night it's not a job. It's a crime. If you think it's a job, call your son. Tell your son, see this one do. That's what you will do. That's what your children will do. All of us will do this thing. You hear me? Call the person. Tell the person. Do it in the open. I run a crab business school. It's there. A crab business school. There are billboards in town. Set up a company. Call it 419 International. And make it in the open. The nonsense that white people came to dupe us. So we are also duping them. Where were you when they were duping us? Check your family. Go back into your family. Your family history. 120 years or 400 years back into your family history. Check it. Whether it's not the history of Panwan Tapes. So where, where, where were you duped from? They duped your father of Panwan? Nonsense people. <laughs> you see, you see, me, you either love me or hate me. You can't be in between. You can't be lukewarm with me. You either love me or hate me. When I preach, you either repent or rebel. Because you see, I'm, I'm not interested in your seed. I'm interested in your soul. I want you to make heaven. And I'm passionate about it. I want you to make heaven. And I'm passionate about it. So if you, can, if you like, you can leave the church and join the hell brigade. There are some churches, they are hell brigade. They are all heading to hell. Because this message I'm preaching, you can be in that church for, for five years. You won't hear. You won't hear anything about hell. You won't hear anything about heaven. You will not. All you hear about is God is about to do something and God is about to do that. And you will jump, you scream, you do everything. You don't grow in the spirit. You don't become, a, you don't, your prayer life does not improve. And you are just there. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. 
No, I know, I, I know some of you will take your tithe back home. Don't worry. Don't worry. So you put brought tithe. You're putting it back in your pocket. I won't, I won't give it again. But the more you withhold your tithe, the more the tithe, the more God opens the floodgates of heaven. Now, you, you don't have the key to God's treasure house. You don't have the key to God's treasure house. You don't. Those who, who hinder your spiritual growth are Satan agents. So are you going for um, Battle of Champions? Charlie, when you go, when you go, if daddy, daddy, daddy doesn't come, the team, the team, I, I know they feel him. If daddy know they there, and me feel it, daddy knew what my me feel it. You know, Charlie, Charlie, you're trying, baby, you're trying, baby, you're trying, baby. See, they discourage you from growing spiritually. They, they, they make mockery of your spiritual of your spirituality and then you feel that you are too hyper spiritual so you have to come down no they tell you you have to be reasonable you have to adjust your life small the way you have to please don't mind them those who are a bad example are satan agents do you know that do you know do you know that if you see me committing adultery, it gives you an encouragement to do your, continue your own. Even daddy is doing it. Even daddy is doing it. If you see somebody closer to me drinking alcohol, the person sets a bad example. So, oh, even people who are closer to daddy are doing it. So these bad example setters are Satan agents. They are Satan agents. Anybody you look up to, as a spiritual mentor who does bad things that encourages you to also continue to do bad things, that person is satanic agent. Those who are bitter, those who are bitter can easily become Satan's agent. Those who are bitter. Somebody has offended me in church. I, I was sick. They didn't come to visit me. Um, um, I, I needed help. Nobody helped me. They, they are in the church complaining to everybody, complaining to everybody, saying all manner of evil things about the pastor, his wife, the church itself. There is no love in the church. There is no love in the church. I used to hear these things and I'm asking myself, who are you? What love do you these are bitter people and be careful when you enter into a church like this don't go out with the bitter people go with the better people i didn't come to hear your complaints i came to hear jesus speaking in this church i am not in this church for you to transfer your bitterness into my heart yeah, some of you, you are not on talking terms with people in this church, not because the people offended you, but they offended someone who is your friend, who told you how bitter she is, or he is, and you have just gotten yourself involved in the quarreling. And you are even more bitter than your own friend. Is this not foolishness? It's the height of foolishness. No, it's even go beyond foolishness. I think it's, it's madness. Madness and craziness, which one is better? Which one is higher? 
kind of attitude is this? What kind of behavior is this? In confront talk, I know I now. Okun to kanu yano bi zase di ne bye. You enter into a fight before you ask what happened. Those who are false, false teachers, false prophets will lead you to hell. They are Satan's agents. They will take you to hell. I don't have the time to share with you on the characteristics of hell in in details. So let me quickly run through them. The characteristics of now one Hell is a place of unquenchable fire. Mark 9, 43. Hell is a place of unquenchable fire. The fire doesn't go off. You remain in that fire. When we close from church today, I am not suggesting you do it. I'm not advising that you do it. But if you want to try it, go and try it. Put on your gas or your co-pot or your whatever, whatever gives light in, in your house or a candle or a matches and try to Dip your finger in that fire, small. See how it bangs. See, see how it bangs. See how it bangs. See how it bangs. And this one, eh? The heat of that fire has never existed anywhere on earth. You can't find that heat. And it's like a lake. You see the way a body of water is. The fire is a lake. It's not water, but it's like a lake. And then you are put in it for the rest of your life after earth. Unquenchable fire, it cannot be quenched. Is that where you want to choose to spend your eternity? Is that where you want to go and spend eternity? Is that where you want? Is that how you want your life to be? Your most important life is not the one you are spending here on earth. Because the one you are spending on earth ends. It's the one you spend after. It's a place of memory and remorse. Luke 16, 19-31. Where the rich man was remorseful, regret. So you cry, oh, why didn't I listen to the bishop when he preached on that day about hell? Why didn't I listen and change? Why, why, why? Why? Nobody can answer this for you. You'll be in hell. Why, 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 why? Then there'll be a choir in hell. You'll be singing, I'm tormented, I'm tormented in the flame. Deep your finger in the water. It's a place of test. It's a place of test. Last Sunday I said, if you like, do an experiment. Don't drink water for 24 hours. See how thirsty you become. You see that test is, test is more hungry than hunger. <laughs> it's, it's hungrier than hunger. Test is hungrier than hunger. But this one, unquenchable test. You won't have water again. You won't have access to water again. You have access to water again. Imagine, imagine it. Imagine it. A place of misery and pain. Revelations 14, 10 and 11. A place of misery and pain. You will be in pain. Agonizing pain. First of all, women here who have had babies beyond the pain of childbirth. A place of frustration and anger. Everybody here will be angry. Everybody here will be an angry person. Matthew 13, 42. 
Because there will be gnashing of teeth. And you know when you are angry, you gnash your teeth like this. Mm, I want to say something, but I can't say it. <laughs> then a place of eternal fire, Jude 7. A place of eternal fire. You want to spend the rest of your life here? Is that where you want to be? Is that where you want to be? You want to use five minutes sex to exchange your life for this? You want to use duping people to go here? And when I preach, in my language, you see, now, Mikasana will take a pie. When I preach, your, <laughs> your tickle is pie. Your tickle is pie. There is no better pastor you can have than the one speaking to you today. I am committed that you make heaven. I am so committed that you make heaven that I'm ready to offend you for you to make heaven. That's how committed I am to your souls. Are you here with me? I saw, so let me end with this story. Take a tithe and then we go. I saw a young man in Adabraka whose father saw that he was a drug addict. And when the father saw, he had a cocaine. So the father started chasing him. See this old man chasing this young guy. The father started chasing him, chasing him. Finally, he caught up with his son. Then when he held him, the boy fell down. And the boy put the cocaine in his mouth to swallow it. Because he was in a rubber. The father had, had the boy's head. Held it like that and hit it to the ground. Oh, 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 the boy collapsed. Police came to arrest him. Do you know why he did that? Out of love. I can't see my son destroying himself. He was so frustrated. You are swallowed cocaine in my presence. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. So that you lost people so much in your attempt to protect them, you hurt yourself. Throughout my whole life, there's only one thing I know how to do: saving souls. Bringing them before the Lord. Making sure you make heaven. I have done this when I was a pastor. When I was not a pastor, as a small boy of 14 years old, I'll be in buses preaching, preaching, and begging people to give their lives to Jesus. If you don't want to make heaven, this is not your church. Are you here? I beseech you by the mercies of God. Today, make it a choice that you don't want to go to hell. You want to make heaven. If you are here, you want to make heaven. You want to avoid hell. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I have only one minute to pray this prayer. So don't sit down there. Come forward right now. Come, let me pray for you. Come, let me pray for you. Right now. God bless you. God bless you. Come here right now. Clap for them as they come. Clap for them as they come. Come, don't sit down. Don't sit down. Come here right now. You want to make heaven. Come here right now. You don't want to go to hell. Come. Come right now. Let me pray for you. Come here right now. Let me pray for you. Come here right now. Let me pray for you. Come here. Continue to clap for them. There are more people seated who need to be here. Come here right now. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. Come. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Hell is real. 
Hell is real. Hell is real. Don't go to hell. Hell was not made for you. Satan is recruiting and don't let Satan recruit you to hell. A few more people are seated down. Today is your day of salvation. Don't let the day go by. Don't, don't, don't. Come here right now. Come here right now. And accept Jesus. Accept him. Now raise your hands, those of you standing here. And say this prayer with me. Say it from the bottom of your heart. Say, dear Lord Jesus. I accept that I am a sinner. I believe that you died for my sins and you resurrected for my salvation today I believe that you will come back to this earth to judge us Lord forgive me my sins and come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior from today I want to live for you Lord in your name I've prayed. Let the choir come upstage. Your name I've prayed. Amen. If you pray this prayer, you are born again. Eh? Jesus just came into your, into your heart and you're on your way to heaven. Okay? Now, I want all of you to take your seats. See where the choirs are moving. Choirs, come upstage. I want you up here. So, um, if you left something on your seat, go and take it and bring it. But if you didn't leave anything, go here straight. Pastors, watch them. Make sure that anybody who is going is lifting something and coming back. Now, you are, you are a believer. You are a believer. But you know, you know, you know that Satan is tempting you. Your faith is getting weak. And as I was preaching, you felt I was talking to you. You felt I was talking to you. Today, make amends. Today, make amends. Today, make amends. I want to pray the prayer of revival. The prayer of rededication with you. Come forward here right now. Let me pray for you. You are not accepting Jesus again, but you are rededicating your life to him. Come forward here. You want the prayer of rededication. I want to pray for you. Come oh, stand behind me. You want a prayer of rededication. Come forward here. Let me God bless you. God bless you. You are a Christian, but you want a prayer of rededication. You want to rededicate your life. To the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Today is your opportunity to rededicate your life to this God. Come forward here. Don't sit down. Don't let pride and arrogance keep you seated. Come forward. You're already a Christian. But you feel that, Daddy, you were talking to me. This message was my message. And I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. Come, let me pray with you. God bless you. Raise your hands. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, like the prodigal son, I've come back home. Father, use me again. Purge me. Put me through the refiner's fire. Revive me again. Give me another chance again. From today, before this altar, I make a pledge. I am living for you. I am dying for you. And I'm going to serve you. Give me the grace to rededicate my life to you. To serve you even better. 
and to love you even deeper. Thank you, Lord, for having me. In your name I've prayed. Amen. God bless you. So the prayer of rededication. Go back and make sure Satan will not have you or discourage you again. God bless you. Thank you so much. The month of September is a month of evangelism. Rise on your feet and begin to pray that let the God of the harvest send laborers onto the field. Lift up your voice and pray. Jesus, Jesus, uh, uh, when he saw the multitudes, uh, he was moved with compassion on them uh, because they fainted abroad uh, and were scattered as sheep having no shepherd. Uh, then he said unto his disciples, uh, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest uh, that he may send laborers into the field. Uh, yet the harvest is plenteous, uh, but the laborers are few. Uh, he says, Say ye not uh, that four months uh, for the field to ripe, uh, behold, Lift up your eyes and see. Yeah? The harvest is ripe and it is ripe already. Yeah? Pray, lift up your voice uh, and pray that Lord uh, send laborers into your harvest field. Uh, send laborers into your harvest field. Uh, the laborers uh, are few. Uh, make me a liberal Lord. Uh, make me a liberal Lord. Uh, turn me into a liberal Lord. Uh, may I work for you. Uh, may I resource for you. Uh, for you have not chosen me, uh, but I have chosen you. Uh, and I have ordained you uh, that you should go and bring forth fruit uh, and that your fruit should remain uh, whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name uh, he will give it you uh, I avail myself Lord uh, use me Lord uh, to reach souls uh, use me to save the lost uh, for your kingdom uh, send the laborers oh God uh, send the laborers oh God uh, send what laborers uh, into the harvest field uh, for the harvest is truly plenteous uh, but the laborers the laborers the laborers uh, are few uh, for souls are dying, souls are perishing. How many really die in Christ? How many were born again? Use me, Lord, to save at least a soul, to save at least a soul, to save at least a soul. For you came, for this the cause of man, the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Now pray that this man, God will lead us to the fields that are white. Pray for the salvation of this community. That there's, there's somebody here who needs Jesus. Pray for the salvation of this community. Lift up your voice in prayer. Let the wind of salvation blow. Uh. Let the wind of salvation blow. Uh. Let the wind of salvation blow. Uh. In Spindes, in Kotobabi, in Lashibi, in Nungwa. Let the wind of salvation blow right now. Uh. Let the wind of salvation blow. Uh. God souls to be saved, Lord. Uh. For no man cometh unto me uh, except the Father cross him. Uh. Father, let your wind uh, of salvation blow right now. Uh. For this cause you send your son uh, to come into die so that people will be drawn to you you reconcile the world to yourself to your son right now this month in the month of september in the month of november in the month of october in the month of december all throughout the year lord cause the wind of salvation to blow in this town god will use you as an evangelist to bring souls to him in this month of September, the coming month of September, 
that God will use you as an evangelist. Lift up your voice and pray. Jesus, 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 uh, use us, oh God, uh, use me uh, to win souls. Uh, use me uh, through me, may souls be saved. Uh, through me, may people come into the kingdom. Uh, let my light shine. Uh, let my light shine. Uh, let my light shine. Uh, cause my light to shine uh, for souls to be saved. Uh, cause my light to shine. Uh, for I am the son of the earth. Uh, if I lose my taste, uh, what use am I? Uh, cause oh God. Uh, in Jesus' name. Amen.